0: If you have your bibles with you let's go to john chapter 5 verse number one and it is our custom to stand for the reading of god's word in honor of the word of god and it's also our custom that at the end of the preaching we invite people to come to this altar this front space here for you to pray and respond to uh, the voice of god speaking into your life and we have ministers and leaders that will pray together with you but um, we are just so blessed to have each and every one of you here today John chapter 5 and verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is a Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. I'm reading from 1 to 10. I want you to get the gist of this whole story. There was five porches there. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. It was only for the guy that got in there first that would receive healing. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, "Wilt thou be made whole? That's the question. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man, when the water is troubled to put me into the pool while I am coming. Another steps down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that that was was cured. It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. Not everyone's going to be happy when you get healed. Amen i want to talk to you on that question that jesus gave do you want to be made whole do you want to be made whole this morning we're, we're glad to have uh, daniel with us today uh, dj um dj lost his mother this week uh emmy gurinyasi uh, and uh, we want to pray for daniel right now and his family at this time uh we know that god is a god of peace and comfort and so we want to ask the lord to give him him and his family strength his brother and sisters to to have strength today would you lift up your voices in jesus name father we pray lord we bring before you dj daniel and and his family Lord god at this time time of great loss and grief but god we're asking you lord that your holy spirit in your presence would would come to him, Lord God, and bring strength, bring consolation, and comfort, Lord God, in this great time of loss. We ask you, Lord, that the peace that surpasses all understanding would just envelop them, would undergird them, Lord God, and cause them, Lord Jesus, to find your strength. We commit them now into your hands, Lord God, and we thank you, Lord God, for your comfort and strength in Jesus' name. And for your word today, we're asking you, Lord, to speak to us. We pray for your anointing, your empowerment and enablement Lord God to be able to speak the truth of your word. So have your way in this place. Speak to every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and thank God. Glory to God. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Last week, we discussed this idea of how God speaks, not always in what we would imagine a thunderous and loud kind of voice, not in the earthquake as Elijah experienced or in the fire, as loud as that would have been in the cave, but in a still small voice. In the quietness and in the deep of one's spirit and conscience. And not only does he speak in a still small voice, but he also speaks in the form, oftentimes, as we read in the Bible, of a question. That God, who already knows everything, that uh, what seems to be a rhetorical question, yet God speaks in a question for a purpose. And that purpose is to dis- for us to discover, because God already knows, to discover certain things about ourselves in relationship to God. Sometimes you will find, and perhaps the reason why you are here today, because at some point in your life, you ask that question, where is my life in relationship to God? God. Is there something more to life than the nine to five and going to work, coming home, eat and go to sleep, and again and again? And I submit to you that possibly those questions that you entertain could have been the voice of God asking you, where is your life? What are you doing with your life? And God approaches us. In questions and in this story that we read Jesus who already knew the the condition of the people that were in this place the five porches is where a mass of people had gathered this was by the sheep gate this is where the sheep were brought in for the temple sacrifice and so it was not a pleasant thoroughfare for pedestrians to come and, and so this was also where they found this pool where they believed an angel would come and stir the waters to bring healing to the people. And so it was obvious that when you walk through the doors that everybody under the five porches was there because they were sick. They were impotent folk, like the King James says that, that means they had no power. They had a disability they had a problem uh, it, it was like a, a, a club med for the sick if you will Be, surrounding this pool and again I'm not belittling illness they, they had some serious condition but, but I, I remember reading a Charlie Brown come everybody anybody ever read peanuts and Snoopy and you know Charles Schultz in one of his his uh, uh, comics Lucy, you know, the the uh, dark-haired little little, uh, feisty girl, says to Charlie Brown, she says, Charlie Brown, she said to him, life is like a deck chair. Like a what? Charlie Brown responded, haven't you ever been on a cruise ship, Charlie Brown? Passengers open up these canvas deck chairs so they can sit in the sun, and some people place their chairs facing the rear of the ship. And, and so they can see where they've been. And other people face their chairs forward. They want to see where they're going. She said, on the cruise ship of life, Charlie Brown, which way is your deck facing? Uh, your deck chair, rather. And Charlie thinks for a moment and replies, gee, uh, I've never been able to get one unfolded. <laughs> how many ever feel like that in life you know if we feel we look around and we think some people got their lives all together and they got it going on and, and and things are well they got a good job and money seems to be flowing and and they you know buying house to house and and it seems like we can barely get our deck chair unfolded <laughs> we can barely make it to church sometimes how many ever feel like that sometimes uh, you don't even know which way life is headed you're just trying to get by and so here this man is like i suppose today we could say hello to a charlie brown from the first century a man who for 38 years have been laying by the pool of life without so much as being able to unfold his deck chair. Every time he wanted to go down into the pool, nothing happened. And, and this was a, a, an intriguing situation. This was a puzzling uh, uh, record of what happened at this pool of Bethesda. The word Bethesda simply means a house of mercy by the Sheep Gate. And there was this incident that would take place on occasion uh, where uh, the the water would be troubled where they would say an angel would come every now and then and trouble the water and whoever was able to get into the pool first would experience healing uh, this is uh, a very difficult thing you know it's like the lottery whoever can get in first and and so whoever got in first is probably the one that needed the healing the least because it was the one that was more mobile that would get into the water first. And so wherever was in there first would be healed. And, and you know, I try to look this up and there's really not, other, not many other explanations or, or, or examples of this. But, but theologians believe that it's possible that this pool was a pool of artesian water. That on occasion, the, from the depth of the pool, this, the artesian water would release its mineral content, either volcanic of some kind, and it would cause the minerals to rise to the surface, and it would begin to bubble up. And, and when they got into the water, because the minerals were released, it, it contained the minerals in this water contained healing, curative properties, uh, so that uh, whoever got in first would be healed, and no one else because there was a limited amount of minerals that would be taken now i don't know if that's true or not i'm just saying this is what some theologians believe whether supernatural things have a natural explanation or not i'm not really sure but for years and in this man's situation 38 years he was waiting for his opportunity to find healing and when jesus came in here comes the healer himself it wasn't something that could happen only occasionally it didn't have to be something where the the waters were troubled but here he was walking the god manifest in flesh he was healing embodied he was healing personified and and i want you to know today brothers and sisters that the same god uh, who can heal who the bible says sent his word and he healed them is this same god God is here in our midst i'm not saying that to get a response out of you i'm not preaching that just so you can clap and get hyped but i've simply come to preach that as a word of faith to somebody that if you need healing in your body god can heal you he can come to you and heal every disease it does not matter what the doctor said it does not matter what dr internet says about your sickness if you can call upon the name of the lord there's power in the name let me remind you again these signs shall follow them that believe in my name they shall cast out devils they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed hallelujah today could be your day this could be the day like the layman, where jesus walks into the circumstances of your life you might be too busy unfolding your chairs but god has walked in here to bring healing power in his hand and today could be your day oh let me say it again to encourage somebody sister Amelia who was here in the 915 service she just came up to me three weeks ago four weeks ago now she came to the altar at the end of the preaching and God said remove your glasses her prescription glasses because I'm going to heal you nobody said anything to her but she believed it was just an ordinary Sunday but to this day God has healed her eyes God has healed oh hallelujah come on if god's ever healed you if he's ever done a miracle in your life you want to stand on your feet you want to lift your hands and begin to thank god that he's still a miracle working god he still releases his power hallelujah glory to god hallelujah we can walk in healing amen i've seen i've been around too long pentecost i wasn't born a pentecostal i walked around for most of my teenage years skeptical and cynical and wondering whether god exists oh but since i became born again and i've seen i've been in church too long to see god heal cancers a tumor the size of a 50 cent coin the doctors were about to open up her brain and operate sister nilda you remember her they were about to open up her brain to remove the tumor but we began to pray and they scanned her brain one more time and when they looked before the operation they said it's gone it's gone it's gone so i just want you to know that god can heal you whatever it is that's what he told that's what james told the church if anyone is sick let him call for the elders of the church let them anoint their head with oil and if they have committed sin they will be forgiven and the prayer of faith shall save the sick praise god god is still a healer amen but but here where we might be pentecostals or we might get excited we might believe in the supernatural but we're also grounded in the word so here's the paradox here's the grand paradox of it all here's the tension about healing that even though jesus was healing personified walked through that place only one was healed he didn't heal everybody i'm preaching that god is a healer he could do it today today's a good day to do it amen but but he doesn't always heal here's the other side of the tension and remember that's not a conflict to resolve or a tension to resolve but it is a tension to manage and mature christians will as a mature christian you've got to understand this yes we're going to believe god for miraculous healing and supernatural intervention but if not like the the three hebrew boys we know he's going to deliver us from the fiery furnace but if not king we're still not going to bow amen but if he doesn't heal, because he doesn't heal everybody all the time, because if he did, this church would be too packed. We would have two thousand year old saints in here. If he healed everybody and nobody ever died, the, 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 I'd be inviting the Apostle Paul to preach here every week if it's possible. He doesn't heal us all of the time, but but he does heal and so you've got to keep this this tension in mind you've got to keep this understanding in mind amen because they were waiting for for some superstition to take place and and they uh, they had had become a superstition Uh, they had become superstitious uh, people of god and you've got to understand that sometimes uh, when we were brought up not really understanding the word of god we've been brought up in this this uh, view of of ungrace a what's called a merit-based system that somehow if you if you work you get paid right if you do good you get a pat on the on the head from your mom and dad and say good boy you did well we live in a merit-based system and so their healing that they were waiting for uh, they were waiting it had become and here's what superstition is superstition is is a merit-based supernatural belief you remember, Brother Slyke, always used to talk about having a lucky rabbit's foot in your pocket uh, so that when you put money on, that horse is going to win. Uh, how many of you used to believe that kind of su- superstition where, you know, you, you don't walk under a ladder? Uh, or, or if you, you see a black cat walking by, oh, watch out. <laughs> when we say, oh, let's go home. I just saw a black cat cross my road, close the doors, close the window. <laughs> or, or if you break a mirror, remember that? seven years bad luck and and it's possible to come into the kingdom of god to be a believer in god and still approach god with a superstitious kind of theology where, where we come into the house of god this morning thinking well god i i didn't i only prayed once this week and i didn't fast because i was too hungry <laughs> and so we come in here and so i don't deserve any blessing because uh, i didn't earn it enough and i and i didn't do enough and i and i didn't you know tick enough boxes in my application for healing in heaven and, and we come with this uh, uh, superstition but listen to me the problem with superstition is that we take control of the supernatural is that some somehow it's up to us and that we are the one that if we do enough we're going to get this if we don't do enough we don't deserve anything can i tell you we are not walking with god out of superstition but out of his grace out of his mercy god has opened a way for us has called us into relationship and he said i know you will never earn enough to get my healing you will never be deserving of my blessing oh but i'm going to bless you anyway i'm gonna pour out my grace and my loving kindness come on somebody hallelujah if you've got a need i know you haven't been good all of your life but if you simply have trust in god if you simply come here to believe and say god i'm looking to you not because of how good i am but because of how good you are hallelujah don't be superstitious christians because they, they sometimes we could treat god like these guys around that that five porches like, like some kind of some kind of season some kind of mechanism as i said last week like god is some kind of a machine that if we put enough coins that somehow we're going to get what we want god is not a machine he is a person in the face of jesus christ he is love personified he is he's not come so that he can give us a set of rules so that if we we do enough somehow we're gonna be worthy to get access to god he said no i've come for relationship i've come for a connection i didn't come for for some kind of mechanism and system i've come to walk with you i've come to talk with you i've come Is there anybody here that I know what I'm talking about? Like that old song, He walks with me. Hallelujah. And He talks with me. And He tells me I am His own. Hallelujah. He walks into a, a place that is littered with people like problems. It looks like church. Can I tell you this the church is going to be filled with people filled with problems? That's why I never understand some folks they want to leave. Oh, you know, the, these people in this church, man, they've got so many hang ups and so many issues, and I, I don't want to hang, I don't want to go there. Can I this is the perfect place for those people? The, the church is a hospital, it's not a museum where everybody's so perfect. It's not a wax me... The church is a hospital where sick people come. We're people that have problems and hang-ups and chips on their shoulders and and brokenness everywhere and ugliness. They got skeletons in the closet. If you look hard enough and long enough, you're going to see problems in every single one of these people. That's why we're here. We're here because we need a Savior. We're here because we need a physician. We need a doctor. We need a God that's going to help us. So, you might as well come accept the fact that your brother's gonna have flaws. Your sister's gonna get on your nerve sometimes. But oh, don't throw out the towel. Don't walk away from God. Don't give up. It's all part. This is a hospital. This is a soul saving station. I know I use the cruise ship, but this is not a cruise ship this is a hospital ship and a battleship amen. amen anybody ever been in the navy here uh in darwin i met i met a brother who was in the fijian navy he said he'd been to every island in fiji inhabited and uninhabited island but in the navy every per- there's nobody there just has got a deck chair out hanging out everybody's got a role oh I, I i'm sorry i'm digressing here but but everybody has a role in the church this is, church is not a spectator sport oh good music i like that uh, uh, speak to me preacher tickle my ears for a little bit make me no this is this is not a spectator sport the kingdom everybody has to be on the field there are no sidelines there are no bleachers where you get popcorn out and say oh come on no everybody has to do something in the kingdom of god you got to get in the field you got to get on board you got to get involved Good to see you, Brother Kevin. love you, Jack. You you look so smart. Praise God. A whole bunch of impotent folk, sick folk. And here's Jesus coming up to this man who's lying on his bed for 38 years. And he asks him this question do you want to be made whole do you want to be made well okay that that is so obvious i I mean how many of you how many of you here have a penchant for sarcasm raise your hand thank you for your honesty how many here where your your spouse is has a penchant for sarcasm put your hand Thank you, Mom. Happy birthday to my mother today. It's her birthday today. She's sixty-something. None of your business. Years old. Well, with that that kind of question almost deserves a, a sarcastic i know i know my stepdad would probably say you know if jesus asked him, Hey, do you want to be well he'd be like no i'm just here for 38 years waiting to get a tan <laughs> <laughs> and i'm not i'm not trying to be you know facetious or or, or, or irreverent but uh, it, that question is so obvious obviously he, he needs healing and so if jesus already know he, you don't you don't even have to be god to know that i could have known that but he asked such an obvious rhetorical question because it serves a purpose he's asking the question because he had been there for so long for 38 years that it's possible that he could have adapted his life to simply lying on the bed for 38 years that he was comfortable yes even and and we don't know what his condition was He doesn't tell us what his problem was but it's so possible to to be in that position for so long that that sometimes people don't even really want to be healed or don't want to be whole and again uh, please don't misunderstand what i'm saying i believe that jesus can heal anybody but it's possible and this is part of human nature it's human nature that that, that we become accustomed and we get so used to living a certain way uh that the way we just you know not even uh, you know able to want to make change you know like like i had the you know at home the, the smoke alarm uh, you know the smoke alarms and when the battery starts to go down it starts beeping ever hear that sometimes i hear that when i'm on zoom with people and you know they need to change their battery and <laughs> the, the smoke alarm stopped beeping and, and you know, so I went to change, but I didn't I found I didn't have any batteries and I was too busy. And then so a days go by and it's still beeping. And then some days I'm thinking, oh, it stopped beeping. And then it comes back on again. I know it's like my, my smoke alarms at home are temperamental. And, and and so, but after a while you kind of just you, you become desensitized to it. You I've learned to live my life. With that occasional beep in the background of my my hearing and and i've kind of just pushed it out i've kind of learned to live my life with just accepting that that was just going to be the norm that's what they told us last year remember the new normal you got to accept the way to live in this way Uh, you know and i i just can't i'm sorry i'm just so so set in some of my ways but there's just some things that uh, i refuse to be new normal but, but here's the thing with human nature. We can become so used to living a certain way. Mankind, we've got this incredible ability to adapt. You know, you've got a sore, sore leg and you, you know, you're hurting for a few, few days and a few weeks. And then after a while, you kind of just get used to it. You learn to live with it. You kind of change your gait of your, the way you walk uh, just so that you can adapt to that problem man has the ability to adapt to every kind of circumstance they've learned to to live in this metal tube underwater for months who does that i would get claustrophobic in a submarine Uh, they've adapted to live outside of the planet in this this metal thing that floats around the 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 space out of space it it called the international space station and they live there for months we've got the ability to live and adapt to certain conditions where we become so used to it and there is nothing worse than living in the conditions that mankind has become so used to and that is the life of sin amen can i tell you that when we were when i was a sinner i thought that that was all there is to it i didn't realize there was real joy to be had i didn't realize that there was real life to be found in jesus but i has simply come to accept that life is the way it is and let me tell you you're not going to win everybody because not everybody wants what you have there are some people who don't you and you're scratching your head wondering why how could they not want what i've got this is the greatest thing this is the most wonderful thing can i tell you let let me just talk to somebody right now if you don't know jesus this is the greatest life this is the best life of all There is nothing that can compare and you don't know what you're missing. But if you're willing to explore, you're willing to give it a try. You're willing to find out more about Jesus. Can I tell you he's a God who said, I've come to give you life, but not just life. I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. Maybe seated. There's nothing like living for God, but it's possible for somebody to live their life for so long in a certain way that they don't really want what you have there's some folks that's why jesus asked the question because some people just don't want to change some people just don't want to get up from where they've been living for this long i'm used to it this is the only life that i've known this is the only life i've experienced and they think that that's all there is to it but i want to declare to you there's more to god there's a real joy not all the drugs and alcohol could compare to the joy and the life and the peace And so that's why he asked him, do you you want to be whole? I said, isn't that obvious? Uh, Not always. Not exactly. Sometimes people just don't want to change. And I think Jesus asked the question because, you know, we we all want to change. But with this man, when he was healed, the Bible tells us that, that, that he was approached by the Pharisees. And and here's a guy who'd been laying for 38 years lying there. God had miraculously healed him. And he was carrying his bed. And all the Pharisees could say is, is, uh, you know, you're carrying a bed on on the Sabbath day. They they don't see this guy who's just been healed miraculously. Let me tell you, there there are some folks that are just not going to be happy for you. There are some people that are going to be like Pharisees. Why, why, why is she going all crazy, worshiping like that? Does she know she's just cramping my style? <laughs> there are some people not going to be. Ha- well, well, you know, uh, you're not doing this right. You, you know, you're not clapping on time. You're kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just playing. Okay, I'm just. But there are some folks who are not going to be happy. Where We ought to be, even if they, I, I remember when I first came to church, I, I you would say amen at the wrong time. Uh, amen. I'd stand up like nobody else standing up. Oh, sorry. I, I would clap on beat or off beat. You got to remember to clap uh, off beat, right? Is it the, the one, one, th- one and three? One, three? I think here in Australia we do two and four. The one, three is you clap on the snare. Snare and and the the two fours you clap on the on the bass drum you clap on the snare okay okay let's get the drums up no just kidding (laughs) let's do this exercise (laughs) i've got to close i i feel like the, the problem with him he was healed but now he had a whole new set of problems sometimes when you lose one set of problems you gain a whole new set of problems when he was lying in his bed he didn't have to worry about the sabbath day but now that he was healed oh i can't just go everywhere i can't be carrying my bed on the sabbath day that was their rules i mean you know the the pharisees invented so many rules for the sabbath and when you sometimes when you get healed that's why jesus always asks the question do you want to be made whole because there's always a price for healing there's always a price for wholeness when things change in your life there's other things that you got to do amen and and sometimes that that man could have easily just used that bed to be an excuse forever in his life to not have to follow the the sabbath laws to not have to get up and get a job they they were there just waiting for arms people were coming by out of their 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 good nature they would give arms and that's how they made the living but now now that he's healed he can't beg anymore he's got to go to go to get a job and so you've got to the reason why jesus asked the question is because there's always a price for healing and for change amen why well, some some folks they've got so many excuses that they, they 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 have a degree in excusiology oh you heard that one right now. there's so many excuses why they can't and that's why people can't can't let go of their sickness and and i please don't misunderstand i'm not minimizing real pain real sickness and real abuse that happens to people but at some point that becomes a crutch that you lean on for the rest of your life as to why you can never change your life you can never move forward Uh, oh it's because uh, uh, you know that that's what i use when i'm losing in tennis when i'm winning i my body feels great but when i'm losing oh my knee hold on on a sec that's that's why you're winning my knee is gone but when i'm winning i forget let's keep playing come on we're always looking for a crutch we're always looking for an excuse, a reason why we can't do what God called us to do. And that's why God He asked to ask the question, because not everybody necessarily wants to be healed or is willing to pay the price. Amen. Yeah, at some point in your life, you've got to quit blaming your mother quit blaming your father quit blaming your your upbringing you were poor and again I'm not minimizing abuse if you had experienced abuse that's a horrible thing but let me tell you today under the unction of the Holy Ghost that that situation does not have to define you it does not have to hold you hostage back from fulfilling the will of God come on you got to quit blaming your background you got to get off that bed at some point in your life you got to quit using that as an excuse your sickness your problem oh hallelujah you that's why you got you got to forgive them you know that's why i believe that's why people have a hard time forgiving p- other people that hurt them because as long as i'm a victim and that person it hurt me and i'm, I'm not forgiving them then then it keeps me from my responsibility from doing what god had called me to do because i'm always always hearkening back to what they did what that person said to me and that's why people don't forgive because it's much easier to hold unforgiveness than to take responsibility for our lives that's why i've I've got to close it that's why jesus said to this man he said well he said rise when jesus asked him the question do you want to get well you know what he said he didn't say yes or no he didn't even answer the question the question was do you want to get well yes or no no he started to give it rattle off this excuse oh i got nobody to take me down in the water whenever the water starts bubbling up you know there's nobody to help me oh woe is me and you know what jesus said to him get up rise Hallelujah, the key to your healing, the key to your blessing, the key to your recovery is you've got to get up out of that bed of sin that you've lived on for so long. You've got to get up out of there. Simply be obedient to God's word. And I'm telling you, I don't know whether he just obeyed or Jesus said it so loud that he scared him back up to his feet. But when he made up his mind and he got up out of there strength came to those legs healing miracles began to take place and he began to walk Hallelujah, can I tell you, if you want to be healed, if you want to be whole or mature or change, you've got to get up out of your life of sin and you've got to get up out of your self-pity, out of your bed that you've made for so long and walk towards the altar and walk towards God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus didn't say, Oh, okay, in that case, oh, you had nobody to help you, okay, no problem, see you later. He said, Get up, it's time to, to remove excuses, it's time to remove all of these fears and of failure. It's time to remove the things, and I'm not saying what happened to you wasn't painful, it was real. Please please don't misunderstand i'm not minimizing any of your experiences that i know were painful i'm sure it was but it does not have to hold you back forever you can keep moving forward you can get up again and said this bed amen he said take up your bed and walk amen some of you came in here sitting on a bed some of you came in here you were carried in a bed but let me tell you if you obey god if you simply make up in your mind and repent of your sins and say God I'm going to follow you what brought you in here you can carry it with your hands as a sign of victory as a trophy of the power of God to deliver you and set you free he can do it today hallelujah musicians you'd like to come let's give some hope to these folks I got a lunch date or something. (laughs) Take up your bed and walk. Here's what you got to do to recover, the key to recovery. He says, he didn't say leave your bed there, because if he left his bed there, there will be a temptation to go back. Brother Mark Morgan, when he was preaching one time, at a place at a church a particular church he was preaching a revival there was such a wonderful move of god the spirit of god was was in that place and he saw a woman that was on a wheelchair and he said sister do you want to be healed she said yes so he grabbed her by the hand rise up and walk in jesus name and and, and she was walking for the very first time walking up and down and the whole church knew who she was when they saw her walk the place erupted because of the miracles that, they were, the place was going crazy. It was pandemonium as the people were worshipping. She was walking up and down the, the, the altar area. And after that, she decided she would go sit back down on that wheelchair. Brother Morgan said to her, Excuse me, ma'am. Did Jesus heal you? She said, Yes. Jesus healed me. I haven't been able to walk for years. He said, Why are you sitting back down in your wheelchair? She said, Because... If, if I'm able to walk now, I'm going to lose my disability pension. See, when we're sick, there's always an excuse. That's why every, every kind of, you know, every time a football player, every time he, he does something wrong, there's always a sickness with him. Every time, if he assaults a young lady, sexually abuses a young lady, oh, he's depressed, or he's got a medical condition, We're always using some kind of sickness to to negate responsibility. That's why majority, 80% of people that go to medical centers have sicknesses that are related to their lifestyle. We would rather pop pills than change our lives. We'd rather take pills for diabetes than to stop eating unhealthily. Hello, somebody. Sickness becomes an excuse that we simply, you know, when I'm, you know, I don't know about you, but some of you, men, when I'm sick, the whole world has ended. When my wife is sick, she's, she's, she's in bed for like half a day, but then she got to get up again and do the stuff at home and look after the kids and, you know, I, I, try to help where I can, but I'm not very good. When I'm sick, I'm gone for a week. Don't call me. I need a hand and foot. Where's my soup? I, here can you bring my ipad please i just you know and listen to me guys i'm here to help you in the uk they actually came up with a study to show that there's a such a thing as a, as a man flu it really does exist the man flu yeah it's true because they're saying that uh, some of you are shaking your heads uh, i don't know that that's that you don't don't fight with feelings that's facts facts don't care about your feelings i'm sorry they said that the women have a better immune system to cope with 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 the flu and so on than than men do we're a lot weaker yeah i mean you you mothers are amazing You ever have pop those babies out i take my hat off amen but while i'm sick i'm not responsible if i'm sick i'm just gonna i'm just gonna lie here oh help me you gotta go to work oh i can't i'm sick i you got to go look at i I can't where we're we're always sick about something and whenever we're sick that becomes the excuse the crutch that we lean on that's why jesus asked do you really want to be healed is it your will for you to be made whole hallelujah because there's a price to be paid when it comes to healing and wholeness, praise God. And I'm going to close with this. Tim Hansel, he uh, had a climbing accident. He was a believer. He was a Christian. Broke his back, constant pain the rest of his life, and never, never able to walk. He was sitting in church, and, and everybody would pray. He would just sit there with his eyes glazed over because he was always on some kind of pain medication. Never again be able to climb a mountain but but in the process uh, he he learned that god had given him an ability to write and he said he prayed hundreds if not thousands of times for god to take away the pain for god to heal him and he said one day as he he's written a book called you you got to keep dancing it's called you got to keep dancing it's a very encouraging book and he said in that book he said one day god spoke to me and I, and he said I stopped praying for healing because God healed watch this God healed my need for healing he healed my need to be healed to where he discovered the the peace and the joy of God that enveloped him and he came to realize that when God says no it's not the end of it you still have God i want to be healed and you're not always going to necessarily be healed but are you willing to pay the price are you willing to say god i'm willing to let go and and move forward to forgive to get out from where i am and receive your healing your virtue i believe god is speaking to somebody here today to ask you if you're willing with, with everything that that question entails willing to to take responsibility are you willing to get up are you willing to take your bed in your hand are you willing to to no longer use excuses are you willing to do what god has called you to do would you stand to your feet today i feel like the spirit of god is speaking to somebody's heart right now revealing himself asking you this question is it your will will thou it says in the king james will you be healed be made whole that's not just healing but there's wholeness Means maturity, spirit, soul, and body. Is it your will? You've got the ability right now. You have the power of will, of human will, the power to choose to say no to God. But if there's in you a desire to say yes, Lord, to your will, God will come to you and heal you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. Lord God, we're asking you today as you search, search our hearts, Lord God, that we would respond to this question, Lord God, that you have posed to us. Lord, that we would be willing, Lord God, to, to take up this invitation for healing, to rise from, from our bed of despondency and apathy and excuses and, and guilt, Lord God, and shame and victimization, Lord God, all of these things that we have been sitting on for so long, Lord God, to be removed from us and find your healing virtue to heal. Lord, I pray that you will fill us with your Holy Spirit again. That you would fill some with your Holy Spirit for the very first time. Lord, somebody would rise or repent and give the life to you. Just get up and begin to walk in your way, in your direction. Lord God, I pray for your divine intervention even now. That you would manifest your power and your glory in jesus name i've got to stop but god wants to still do a work right now and i want to invite you as i open up this altar to come to this altar i want to invite you to come out of your seat and walk in faith rise to rise as a symbol of your response to his word if you need healing in your body he can heal you and we will pray for healing if you need healing in your heart he will heal you and make you whole if you need to to repent of your sins today's your opportunity right now if you want him to fill you with his spirit he can do that right now he can give you the gift of the Holy Spirit without which no man should see the Lord the Bible says if you have not the Spirit of God you are none of his but he said if anyone is thirsty let him come and drink and out of their belly will flow rivers of living water then they shall speak with new tongues Hallelujah. There is a promise if you're willing to rise and answer this question. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God is here today. Let's seek Him together. In Jesus' name.